God, it's just the two of us this week. It feels so weird. I know, I feel so empty. You don't have to have headphones this time. You can just hear my voice. I know, but you'll still hear like all the li- like little pops and beeps of my <laughs> voice. I will. The, the little, uh, what's it, uh, what do I hate? Uh, ASMR? Yeah. That you hear all the ASMR. I, I mean, I think it's nice to even hear it in the headphone, just to know nothing bad's happened. <laughs> oh, I hate hearing it. I hate because whenever I wear headphones, I always hear myself too, and I'm always What's like, "What's so wrong?" Oh, I hate it. You're used to it. You're I a know. recording artist. You literally are an expert in this. You have <laughs> the bachelors and the fine arts. It's true, but you're it. an actor. You've heard yourself speak many times. It's just hearing yourself speak while you are speaking that is the problem. I'm more so just like watching myself. Oh my god! I like god. looking at all my faces. Oh, sorry, I've now become <laughs> immediately exhausted. <laughs> I'm always like, man, I make a lot of faces. But even he, like when you watch Devo's, you're not listening to what you sound like and it doesn't bug uh, you? I mean, I think I sound, but it, it sounds different though because I'm hearing it in like a screen or like something. I'm not yeah. like hearing it in this like good quality. Why is the good quality like, bad? That's no, the like this part. good quality, like in your ears, it's creepy. I think it's fine. I think it's creepy. Uh, well, guess we're both in our correct field. <laughs> well, some people think that my face, the faces I make are creepy. So They're not creepy. People think that like, not creepy, but like insane and a little scary. I mean, they're expressive. Yeah. But you're an actor. What do you know? Like something like, you know, straights, especially they can't handle when like someone's like expressive. Well, that sounds like a them problem. (laughs) Not a you problem, darling. Welcome back to the Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And guys, we just got done watching the Grammy Awards. We did. It is true. The rumors are true. The longest awards ceremony of all time. I always forget how long they are until like <laughs> they start and I'm right. like, oh, I forgot. And they like list all the people who are performing and I'm just like, oh, I forgot. It's going to be three awards and 5,000 <laughs> people. My favorite was when we were an hour in and you were like, they've given out one they've award. G- they give out one like, award yeah, in the first hour. It does not. It's all just them talking and Trevor Noah explaining the difference between a record and an album and then like a lot of performances where all the artists are just like sitting across from each other like poor Harry Styles I swear he was on that stage just sitting by his band for the first 45 minutes of the show yeah and they all and like they kept cutting back to them and like you could tell they were probably prepped like hey like learn the artists like songs like yeah. that you're gonna be in the room with because we're probably gonna cut to you like bopping to them and it'd be yes. cool if you like knew some of the lyrics <laughs> so they're probably like okay right. we're gonna have to do our homework go like Bad Bunny had to learn the lyrics to do a leap of song. I felt like he knew levitating. I was like, because Bad Bunny's an ally. He's very pro LGBTQ. And so maybe he has some gays in his life. They're like, Sweetie, you got to get into Dua Lipa. Well, when you support Dua, you support the gays. That's true. So. It is very true. So wait, do we, do we want to talk about anything else right now, or should we just jump into the Grammys? We're going to talk about the Grammys. I mean, <laughs> you're right. Well, yeah, I'm here to talk about the Grammys. You're here, and I'm sure the audience is here to talk about the Grammys. I mean, we can talk so. about everything else, too. How was your week? Um, uh, uh, We can talk about the Grammys. <laughs> No, I. Uh, the the whole week was fine. The weekend was a little rough. What happened? Wait, I actually I didn't know. even talk to you. No, about what else? This. Is it? Um, I found out on Friday that a very very good friend of mine, all the way from middle school and high school, passed away. Oh my god, I'm so um, sorry. It's okay, you know. So so Friday was like a little rough. Oh my gosh, um, that's horrible. Yeah, I'm so so sorry. It, it was very you know unexpected and and so. So a lot of Saturday was also like calling yeah. friends who like don't have social media mm-hmm. to sort of like let them know. He I I hadn't seen him in um it was my friend named Dan and I hadn't I hadn't seen him in I think over ten years right. now. Um I think we sort of like fell out, not for yeah. like any reason, but Just like drifting um, apart. yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I found out that he he passed away on Friday. Oh, so. that's horrible! I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. 
So, you know, it's, 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 hard. it's very weird. Yeah. Um, he was a very, very big part of my life. Yeah. Like he was, you know, probably like one of my closest like guy friends ever, oh my you God. know? And so I, you know, he was, oh, he's, he was very much like that friend mm. who would call you on the phone and yeah. be like, Hey, I'm coming over. And you're like, no, Dan, like I have to be, I'm like going somewhere. And he's like, Oh, well I'm already on your front porch. <laughs> <laughs> like he was very much that friend. He, I, like I would like friend. come home from somewhere and he'd just like be chilling in my living room, like wow. helping, helping my mom doing something. Oh. And my mom would just be like yelling at him about something, <laughs> the like helping her with another thing, right. like, you know, so so, you know, it was it was it was a little bit of a rough weekend. Yeah, but, that's you know. hard. I'm so sorry. Well, we can jump in. I mean, and, and some good weekend news. I did get my second COVID shot. How was that? How are you feeling? It um it does hurt more. Like my arm hurt more after the fact. And like I'm still feeling it probably more than I did for the first time. But like other than that, like maybe I have like a tiny headache. I'm like my I feel like generally I don't get like when I get sick, I get sick. But I'm in general, like kind of I'm not in a lot of pain in general in life and not, you know, you know, knock on wood. You never know if that could change any moment. But I, I, I haven't had a huge reaction to the second one. But I, our friend Janie, who we all know from the podcast, has had more not anything serious, but just had more reaction and more like hurt than I have post seconds. Pfizer vaccine. Some people so, have more hurt. Some people have more hurt. Some people are still hurting. That's true. That is what we learned in the last five years. Thank you, Jason Robert Brown. That's that what work. Kathy has taught all of us. Kathy, a queen. Yeah. Jamie's oh. not still hurting, but Kathy's Kathy still hurting. Kathy is. You're the Jamie in this situation. And I bet <laughs> and I bet Jamie is pissed because she's the Kathy. No, she's, she's happy hurting. I'm not hurting. Because we're still together in our hearts, you know? Of course. So it's different. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's jump into the Grammys. Uh, what were your all right, highlight performances? Because it was, again, three and a half hours long, so there was a lot to go through. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's just start initially with the performances. Which ones jumped out at you as, like, some faves of yours? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, we're talking about Megan the Stallion. Oh, my gosh. And Cardi B. And Cardi B. Be like the thing is the the solo Megan the Stallion performance yes. was so it excellent. was so amazing. There was just a clear jump in production value. I know it, it was, was like why is no one getting this freaking budget besides Megan? I well, I it th- was Megan's night though. Oh, Sorry, oh of course, on. it was very much a Megan night, yes. and everyone was like very much rooting for her. I. Yeah. I I kind of had a theory. It's like, oh, maybe it's because she, um, like, ne- up next was Cardi B. Yeah. And, like, the production value of that was, of course, insane because it was this giant song of right. the year that didn't get any Grammy nominations. Right. For, but, yeah, it, they still performed. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, maybe that's why, like, they upped the production, like, value and everything. And then I was kind of like, well, maybe Beyonce was, like. Gonna come out. I thought that too. not not that she was gonna come out, but that she was just like, "Hey, this is my song that's nominated. Let's make it look good. <laughs> let me throw like a couple bucks oh in here. Gosh. Like, let me like pay to like have the performers like train like or rehearse for yeah. a couple more days or something. Because like, it was it was not that like other people were bad, but it's like there was you could tell that it was the most rehearsed moment oh, of the night. Beyond. Oh, besides BTS. Oh, of course. Which, like holy <laughs> that shit! That was a like, whole new music video. Talk about rehe- for Dynamite. That was a music video. Unbelievable. Like. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so Megan, what she started out coming down to was it Savage first or was Savage? I'm trying to remember. Well, the Savage order. was before WAP. Savage was Definitely. before WAP for sure. Uh, and then she comes down the stairs, and then we jump to Cardi, who starts doing Up, her new single. Which, by the way, I actually really like Up. I feel like people are like, oh, it's not as good as WAP. It's not that great, and it's like been at number two underneath Olivia Rodrigo for weeks. Up is great. I really love it, and I love the use of the the. You know, I love a good screen moment, and Cardi, mm-hmm. I feel like, is an underrated visual artist. Like mm-hmm. in the post Gaga music video time, Cardi's the closest we're getting. Like. Anytime Cardi puts a video out, it's like a freaking event. And she's so hilarious. Like that giant bed. <laughs> it was so funny. I just am like, she's so hilarious, but still cool. It's just like a perfect, 
balancing act she does. She's sexy. She's cool. She's crazy. That's cool. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I agree. That was definitely my performance of the night. Other people, did, I also thought Dua Lipa did incredible for her. I do. Dua Lipa, I, like I think, did a very good job. A yeah. beautiful job. And also, like, and the, this is not a reason to support someone, but like, is there a more beautiful person on the planet? Oh, that woman gorgeous, is yeah. gorgeous. When she took off all her clothes, I was like, oof, I gotta go to the gym. <laughs> like, as soon as they open back up to 15% capacity, I am gonna be there. Oh, the thing is, like, I look at all of these famous people people and I'm just like what is the through line oh, they all look amazing I need to do some extra sit ups right <laughs> like but I even thought like her dancing I feel like she'd obviously historically has gotten shit for her dancing I thought she was really on and like by the end of the performance when there was like a little dance break I was, and she was throwing her hair around and I was like this is of course not technically as good but kind of giving me with the taking off and the beautiful body and like the hitting the moves really hard like Britney at the 2000 VMAs you know I love that okay Oh, no, I was about to say, I, I think that they've really perfected, like, what dancing, like, works for her. Absolutely. Like, how, in, like, it's like, okay, be in, when you are in sync with, like, all of the dancers and you're all doing the same thing, it visually looks great. Yes. So, like, even if you are not, like, a dancer. Yeah. It, the whole product and the vision behind the performance looks very good. And, and she works. sounded great. And like, what great, like, if you're going to do levitating. I, and the thing is, sometimes I forget because it's the first single. And you always, I always forget first singles when I'm listening to the album. I'm just like, oh, yes, we know that song. Mm-hmm. Don't start now. It's a fucking pop. It's like, great. what yeah. a classic. An absolute genius piece of music. And I was so happy when she won pop vocal album as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Grammys very much shared the wealth this year with the winners, which we'll go into in more depth soon. But I was just, that was, I think, the highlight of the show for me was when they did like not one per no one person like dominated no. besides Beyonce who dominates us all. I mean in life. <laughs> um, I also thought Doja Cat was excellent. She, the thing is, her Doja Cat is great. unbelievably yes. talented. Even the package beforehand when they were showing like her producing and playing piano and dancing and doing all this stuff, it's like you are so talented. As soon as you divorce yourself from Dr. Luke, I am going to stand. Like I'm ready because she, the singing is incredible, the mm-hmm. dancing is incredible. She always has a different version of say so when she performs on these shows. It's very much like when Britney started out. I love that all of my award show references are Britney Spears, but I mean, come on. That's where you learned about award shows. Of course. get it. And every time she does say so, it's a little different. Like, there are different orchestra hits. There's a different look, obviously, but definitely, sonically, she takes it to a new place every time. She can dance. She can really dance. Like, she's an excellent dancer. She's like, yes, she's a jack of all trades. I think she's going to be amazing. Just stop. do Do a doja if you're listening. No more Dr. Luke. I will be so on your side as soon as we're promoting a song that Dr. Luke did not produce. I think, I th- well, I believe she's being told that memo loud and clear, I, I so I assume so. she's going to listen to it. Hey, and I, th- I think her, she has a new album. She already announced the album is called Planet Her, her follow-up, and okay. so I assume something's coming soon from her, and I, I really want to love it. I want to be 100% into Doja, because she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I, I also really liked that Black Puma song. I thought they oh, did yeah. a lovely that job. I'd never song. seen anything of them before. Yes. I thought they were wonderful. They did a great job. I don't know. I, I, I liked all of the performances yeah. this year. I thought they were all very, very good. Yeah. I mean, we t- said before, uh, BTS. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, like amazing. if you're talking budget. I mean, honestly, but BTS has everybody's budget right now. Like, they're selling so fucking much and uh, very talented. It's also, I love that there are so many of them because when they were walking through the rooms and there was just like an entirely new group of guys, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's still five more of you left in the second room that we're yeah. panning to. It's like, like a cu- two could like run into like this one room. <laughs> Uh, because we're still looking at these five, exactly. and like, because there's so many of them. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, know, I thought Heim did a lovely yes. job. Yes, I, I think everyone what did a good co- job. Yes, beautiful musicianship. Uh, Taylor's performance. She did a nice job. She did um, a medley of what was it? Cardigan, Cardigan into August into Willow into Willow. She's in her, you know. Uh, 
medieval times outfit. She loves a fairy tale. She loves a fairy tale. Today was a fairy tale, as they say. Uh, she was throwing that that gown. Yes, throwing the gown, throwing her, her hand around. Uh, she sounded good, though, and it was like a nice little intimate performance, but wasn't full like folklore Pawn sessions, whatever they were called. I mean, I was that. I I don't know if that performance was live. It was. It was definitely pre-recorded. Pre-re- but yeah. I assume, like how the uh, uh, Silk Sonic yes. performance, you could tell was just like, oh, they recorded this another. Yes, day. exactly. But I think the Little Richard thing was was oh, live. It was. I think it was live too. And yeah. oh, what a. I mean, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. What a vo- and both those performances, Silk Sonic and uh, the Little Richard um, tribute, were excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I, I mean, love. I think in terms of like COVID award shows. This was very well done. Yeah. I mean, you looked at the outside section and you were just like, oh, like, yeah, exactly. You were a little you know? nervous. But like then it started and it I think it worked. Yeah. Like I think it worked very well. It, it moved I, really well. And I think if other award I mean, by the time other award shows happen, besides the Oscars, which are um like just a little over a month from now. Mm-hmm. Um, are the nominees coming out tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, are you dying? So I'm waking up at five in the morning. Yeah. I'm glad we're recording this a little early. <laughs> I know. Thank you very much. You're I appreciate welcome. it. Um so I I don't know. I the, the award ceremony, the big award ceremony after that is like, I don't know, the what Emmys? Right. So that should Which, be in person by then. then yeah. That'll it's be like very September. much in person. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that they were able to do these Grammys in person and have the winners in person yeah. gives me hope that like, okay, the Oscars can be in person. Right. I know they're planning on doing that. Yeah. And I heard rumors that they are like looking at different outdoor venues in LA. Okay. Um, like the one big train station that's in downtown LA okay. or whatever. And I heard there's also rumors that they might also do like different locations mm. depending on the country and everything. Totally. Different countries and all that. Um, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed the Grammys. They are still long, but I yeah. understand why they're long because you really have to cover all of the different genres totally. and everything. So I get it. I'd also like to ask: Was Bad Bunny performing in a CBS Eye? Because if you looked at the end of Bad Bunny's performance, you, they did like an aerial shot, and I swear it was the CBS logo. It was, it was the Eye? It was the CBS logo. Why are you promoting CB? Why were they promoting CBS on CBS when the Eye was already in the corner? I just had a lot of questions about the Eye. My theory was that CBS already had that set piece, mm. and, and they were just like, "We're going to use it again." And, and they were just like, "Oh, does anyone like want to use this?" Right. And I don't know. Maybe like Bad Bunny's people were like, "Yeah, we like the Eye. <laughs> and let's just put some lights on it." And, I, you know. I, I will say, you know, I feel like we've given men in general and these performances a lot of shit because all the women always have to do a lot. I feel like in a post Kendrick Lamar world, mm. these hip hop guys are stepping it up. They like the really baby had a whole situation that was yes. amazing. Bad Bunny had that set piece and like had little baby, little baby also, little baby also. <laughs> but all did the a babies. Whole thing. Yes, yeah, also I was I was very impressed. I was by impressed. Them. Like to the point where I was like, am I? I'm gonna like listen to these men. <laughs> I know. Can you believe? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so th- those were all really well done, and uh, and I just love that they're bringing some sort of theatricality, and it's almost weirdly like outside of Dua Lipa, like the pop artists are the one kind of lacking in the department. Like the hip hop is what's really bringing the performance. Mm. So don't let the come on, come on, pop girls. I mean, hey, Megan The Stallion had those tap dancers. I know. I was so impressed by her. She, she's a superstar. I'm yeah. so glad she won as often as she did. Um, how did you feel about the wins and awards themselves? I do agree with you. I like how they spread. Uh, the the winners out and yes. they were not really like the predictable winners like totally. literally no one was predicting Billie Eilish literally no one was right. predicting that right that was a very big shocker even, yeah. even they were kind of just like oh and Billie right. Eilish was like oh, Megan I think you should win 
Right. Well, I okay. and her her winning song of the year. Yes, I don't, like, that was I don't surprising. Think that was super predictable. Absolutely, I agree. I was excited when Harry won uh, for best pop vocal, and then Dua Lipa won for uh, best pop vocal album. And even though folklore's not for me, her winning album of the year makes sense. It was a very impactful album for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I love seeing talented people get recognized for their art. So mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Um, I will say, I personally have been getting brokenhearted by the Grammys since 1996 truly like mm-hmm. since Mariah Daydream and I need it's like an abusive relationship that I just keep coming back to I'm like it's going to be different this time mm-hmm. it's going to be different this time and as exciting as it was to watch Beyonce become the most awarded artist I singer I don't know if it's pr- including producer and everything but artist slash singer at the Grammys ever was incredible. And I was like, why are we showing the best R&B song? I feel like we don't show it every year. But I was like, oh, I bet Beyonce wins and it puts her over the top. And it did. And that was an incredible moment. It was great seeing Megan Thee Stallion win Best New Artist and all of this. But something about the big three, like as much as I was like, Folklore's not my pick, I get it. When Billie Eilish won, it was like, oh, like, this is still as racist as it ever was. And it's, I don't want it to sound like I'm dissing Billie Eilish, because I'm not. What'd she do? She put out a song that she wanted to put out into the world about loving her brother, and that there's no nothing bad about that. Yeah, I mean, Billie Eilish is great. She's like, great, and she won a bunch last year, deservedly. But it's just like, it's just the fact that Beyonce has won that many times and has won in the general category once. Mm-hmm. It's just... Mind like the fact that there are so many black artists that have never won album of the year and Taylor's on her third and not again not taking away anything from Taylor she's an incredible songwriter incredible artist but it's just become so obvious in those general fields that her wins for a song called I Can't Breathe where she is you know talking about black pain and the Black Lives Matter movement and it's like does it have to be that for mm-hmm. a black artist to get recognized like in these main categories like it's it's so every all the black artists or even non-white artists are just relegated to their specific categories and not brought up to the front and not ever getting in those big three categories and, and highlighted as the great performances to exactly watch. they're yeah. the one they're the people people are tuning in for like everyone wanted to see that wow performance everyone wanted to see Megan everyone died to see Beyonce pass that record but like so why can you never stomach giving her album or record of the year and it's like why do we also put these artists like Adele and Billie Eilish in the situation where they have to be like this is yours like the the fact that like recently two like general category winners had to like apologize to a black woman for like quote unquote what they feel was taking their award it's just it's like oh the fact that this happened twice like so (sighs) like close together is, is very hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It's hard to stomach. And they say that, you know, they had a whole page of text saying that they're all about inclusion and diversifying. And Harvey Mason Jr. was like, yes, we hear you. We see you. But it's like, do you hear us? Do you see us? Like, do you see what the problem is? Because I, I, it just it just becomes more obvious to me and more they become more and more out of touch every year. They do something like this where it's mm. just like you're not on the pulse of what people are responding to because you're so glued into like, oh, these are the type of artists that I vote for. This is the type of art that I can elevate to this, these main three categories and everyone else. They get, can get their little hip hop performance or R&B performance or whatever, but they can never be. The, they can never walk home with a big award. It just is, it's hard to watch. Because year, they're honestly. used to seeing this type of music win those general right. awards. It's like, well, this is generally, generally what wins those and everything. So that is what that sound is. Right. That is what, you know, a record is, right. you know. And it's like, okay, let's think. Who are the black, um, the, I think Ray Charles won in like 2000 and. 
five, maybe something like something. that. I know uh, Herbie Lauren, Hancock. Herbie Hancock for a covers album. For a covers album. Uh, Lauren Hill, Lauren obviously. Hill, Outcast. Outcast. Uh, Stevie Wonder's won a bunch, but now we're going back to. I mean, the like seventies. Like the, the thing is, like Herbie Hancock, like Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, like these people were like legend, legend, legend. Like, yes. these people are, and Ray Charles was dead, dead, uh, yes, wasn't he? Yes, By the time he won, so. wasn't yes, he? I think and, so. And so it's kind of like yes. They love like awarding. I believe we said it in the when Beyonce lost album of the year, right? Um, for Lemonade, you say it's so frustrating that like these great artists are not being celebrated in their zenith, yes, like at why the they're... prime of their career. Like, why do we have to wait for them to be like so right. old? And then we look back and go, oh, you know what? Right? They yeah. really were something. And it's just like it's happening right now. What moves culture along is was and will not will always be, but is and was black music. So why is it always? ghettoized in this way it just it just I need to stop investing in it and it's hard to do being someone who loves music someone who grew up with music someone who's a musician this is the highest award you can receive so as much as people are like let's just go off care more about the NAACP awards the BET awards things like that and that's not to say they're not important and incredible because they of course are but it's like sometimes you want to be recognized at the highest level that you can well because you you have always have that hope that change yes in the the institution can happen and the Grammys are seen as the highest award you can win in music they yeah. are seen as the institution of music but it's just like how long are they still going to be if they keep doing stuff like mm-hmm. this you know and it's it's I need again I need to get off my soapbox and again this isn't targeted at any specific white artist that won tonight I was happy for all of them yeah because we love they're all great yeah they're all great <laughs> but it's just it's it's hard to keep watching the same show expecting a different ending it's frustrating to see it is it is yeah um is there anything else we want to say about the grammys before we hop into other news for i mean i'm assuming we're gonna talk about the grammys again because i'm assuming like th- we're gonna talk about the weekend <laughs> uh, in our news for idiots wait what oh the weekend yes i've already forgotten about that oh. i don't know if that even <laughs> it does come up it's later on here okay and well let's just talk about it now the weekend has announced that he will be boycotting the grammys from now on he will no longer allow his label sub- to submit his music to the grammys because he was snubbed this year which obviously is a huge snub blinding lens is the biggest song of the year maybe one of the biggest songs of all time at this point because it's, it's been still top 10 yeah. just insane um but it's also a little like, oh, like we get it. Like I feel like I don't, I don't need a, a play-by-play, an update of like how the weekend's feeling about the. Like I feel like there's going to be a story tomorrow about like the weekend responds to the Grammys airing and like this. And I just, I don't need, I don't need it, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think his point is probably similar to my point, and yes. it's like that the black artists get overlooked. But well, well I, I read further into it because all the headlines kind of were a little misleading, I feel. Oh, like, were they? Because when I initially saw this story, it just said, like, The weekend uh, says he'll never submit to the Grammys again right. uh, because of his snub and everything. Mm. But then, like, when I actually read the articles, it wasn't necessary, or the, the, the reason he said wasn't necessarily because of his snub. Mm. Uh, he went into describe, like, how like shady like the Grammy voting process oh, is and like the, I think he calls them like the secret committees and everything and I like this time last year or a little over a year ago a, oh, I forget her name a woman who was like one of the higher ups in the uh, for the um recording academy oh yeah got fired or something I and she was that. just like the voting is a very unfair process like people um definitely like find ways to get their artists in there yeah. and it totally like leaves other artists out mm. and it's just very unfair and politics are so so huge in the Grammy voting process more so than like the Academy 
like emotion pictures and like all that and everything. So, so it, the articles that I read later on were more about that okay. and about his problems with that. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is something, this isn't just like, oh, I'm mad they snubbed me. Right. And, and I'm like, take never my ball and go home. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just hope they can figure it out because it's, it's, it's hard to keep watching the same things like this. And the weekend did deserve nominations for that album. Even though if, even if he's not my favorite, like there's no arguing that he was not everywhere this past year, you know? Um, did you watch Sharon Osbourne on the top? I was only able to see like little clips of mm. it. I wasn't able to like watch the whole conversation, I didn't, the I, whole talk. I didn't watch the, the whole, <laughs> I didn't watch the whole talk, but I saw basically, um, Sharon Osbourne, I guess is friends with Pierce Morgan, which is like, oof, right there. That's basically all you need to hear. Mm. Um, but she, after the Megan Harry interview, of course, Pierce Morgan, I don't talk about him too much, but like he walked off his show because someone called him racist because he's a racist. And then he either quit or got fired from his TV show. And Sharon tweeted uh, at Pierce Morgan, I stand with you. I'm always standing with free speech, blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, one of Sharon's co-stars on the talk, um, Cheryl Underwood, Underwood. Uh, she basically was like, so I have always known you to be a very, per- a person who's al- who's never treated me unkindly. I've never thought of you as a racist, only as like my friend. And so knowing you in this way, I took this tweet one way. But for people that don't know you, mm-hmm. like, what are you saying in this support of him? Because to some people, it sounds like you're supporting his racist rhetoric that he has been going on and on about Meghan uh, Markle for years and years and years now. And Sharon truly has a breakdown. Like she it's gets very upset. She so gets very defensive, defensive very and upset to the and like so quickly. Cheryl is remaining calm, which like of course she has to be because she's the black woman on the cast. But uh, she Sharon is like borderline screaming, like educate me. Like if you're gonna sit here and call me a racist or say that I'm supporting racism, educate me. What did he say? What did he say? Educate me. And it's like, is this not the problem? Is this not the whole thing? It's like it is not on the person of color in your life to educate you on what why what you did was a bad look. Like look mm-hmm. it up, girl. Like there's a commercial break coming up throw your phone on see what he said and also if you didn't know what he said how could you say you were supporting him like you if you're like i didn't hear what he said it's like well then then don't say anything find out right yeah i i think cheryl underwood handled it very well honestly what cheryl underwood did to sharon osborne was what sharon osborne should have done to her friend piers morgan like like just talk to them and just be like hey I know you. I am your yes. friend. So I know that like you're not coming from a place of malice, like if that is true. But this is how it's coming across and you need to realize that. And I'm saying this as your friend right. because I don't want people to think the wrong way about right. you, you know? And Cheryl Underwood was honestly just giving Sharon a platform to explain and like borderline apologize or be like this is like I do not co-sign any sort of misogynistic or racist things he has said he is my friend and I do believe in free speech which she eventually did on Twitter a couple days later but not but her response in the moment was so defensive and so off-putting and so like is is very panicked it was panicked and it was just tough to watch and so now she's put out this uh, Twitter apology in which Piers has responded and saying something else. She de- he demands an apology from the talk, which is like, girl, go look for an a job. An apology from the talk? I don't know. What did the talk do? <laughs> they like they the, tried to make Sharon look I good. demand an apology from these the talk bullies for their disgraceful slurs against me. Also, why is Piers making Sharon's <laughs> dilemma about himself? Because like, I, he's he doesn't have a job. He's bored at home. What else is he going to do? Um, but now, did you hear that they have... 
I guess temporarily canceled the talk for like the next two days. They're not shooting because they're investigating this. And no. like, yes, yeah, so the, the show is not filming or airing in the next two days. I don't know if there's going to be a switch up on the cast, but apparently there's just an investigation <gasps> being launched into like what these comments were about. Because now after this Sharon Osbourne thing has come out, people have been coming out of the woodwork about Sharon Osbourne. Oh, and like yeah. Holly Robinson Pete, who used to be on that show, was like, yeah, she got me fired and told the people I worked too ghetto to be <gasps> on the show. And then um, the uh, trans actor Zeke Smith, I believe his name is, and he was uh, he was on Survivor and like got added as a trans person. Mm-hmm. On that. And uh, was talked about when he went on the talk and the day before there was some sort of trans topic and Sharon was really invasive and rude and gross to the trans person. And he'd come on basically excited to meet her and was a fan of hers. And she just like sat arms crossed and pouted and didn't say anything during his entire segment. And he he basically was like, yeah, she's not an ally. I thought she was and she's not. So it's like (sighs) the, the people are coming out of the woodwork with Sharon T and it's just like, Well, I mean, if this was The View, I would be devastated because, you know, I need my view every week. <laughs> but I always forget that you watch The View every time. I love The View. I mean, <laughs> how do you take Megan for that long? Is it just the reactions from people are so good? Because like, I mean, to me, she's so annoying. I mean, you see the the, the just the whoopee reaction that went oh, viral this that's week. That's so saying. good. Because well, what Megan was saying was truly insane. What did she even say? Well, she was talking about how uh, she was very excited to see that this, you know, independent woman, Meghan Markle, and, and another independent woman, Oprah Winfrey, were yeah. single-handedly taking down the monarchy because she thinks monarchies are stupid. I mean, Megan is very much like, yay, America, I'm All a right. patriot, and, you know, America. Because MO is we are not a monarchy. <laughs> right. We have no king, even though, you know, f- you know, for, from 2017 to, you know, January 20th, 2020, <laughs> we've kind of had a crazy tyrant who yes. tried to be a king. Yes. Um, but so, of course, you know, Megan McCain, what Megan McCain was like making sense, but it's kind of just like, oh, you were, you're getting too excited. <laughs> you're, you're getting so excited about this, like, passion of yours, right. obviously. So it's a little just like, okay, and Megan. And like, they cut really back into, to Whoopi and she was so confused. She's like, She's like, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I imagine it, it could have been you know what it looked like, which was her just being like, "Girl, why are you like so <laughs> like, passionate about this?" Like, a lot like here. okay, but I kind of thought maybe she like had someone talking in her ear during mm. that what Megan was saying, and so Whoopi didn't know that it cut back to her. And like that Megan was done right. and so Whoopi was like still half listening to someone else and Whoopi wasn't paying attention to I Megan. wanted and to so be she, the other one I of wanted course <laughs> you do. of course everyone does right. but but I, I'm trying to like play devil's advocate and she'd be like okay mm. what really happened right here? you know but it was it's a great clip it's a gr- it's, it's a, a really oh, funny clip. If that is hilarious to me <laughs> um in news that's not terribly interesting besides the fact that uh it kind of involves Bravo JLo and A-Rod Split up on Friday and then announced that they were not splitting up on Saturday. That's <laughs> something. It is something. So they've gone via People Magazine or TMZ. They're working on things. And if I don't know if anyone listening to this was watching Southern Charm, but there is a cast member on Southern Charm named Madison LaCroix, who uh, basically has been DMing and FaceTiming with an ex-MLB player. Uh, and everyone kind of figured out it was A-Rod who mm-hmm. was following her and all of this. So it's like... In my head, 
how real is this relationship? Is it a business partnership? Maybe they're just open and do stuff, but it's all secreted and NDA'd. But this news came out and J-Lo's like, that's embarrassing. That like you're with a Bravo, like a low, <laughs> like a C-list Bravo liberty. Like, no, no. So we'll see what happens. They say that no other person's involved, but I like to think that Madison's right in the middle of it. Oh, of course. <laughs> I got all of this tea from my coworker, Alicia. She's right. like, how do you feel about about um, J-Lo and uh, Alex Rodriguez. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I mean, you know, I wish them the best <laughs> and everything. And she's like, you don't care? And I was like, well, I'm not really. I, I, I mean, I hope everyone's happy and okay. And, yeah. and she's like, you, and she's like, well, Alex Rodriguez is like insanely famous. And I was like, oh, is he? And and she was like, yeah, you've never heard of A-Rod? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard the name A-Rod. Like, that's a baseball player, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, he's one of the most famous people like on the planet. And I'm just like, do you know who Donna Murphy is? <laughs> oh God, here we go. And at least he was like, no. And I was like, well, she's a two-time Tony Award winner. So she's a legend. So oh, I know who right. that is. And you don't know who that is. So it's okay that I don't really know who A-Rod I is. I guess two different worlds. I would imagine <laughs> Imagine A-Rod is bigger in the baseball world than Donna Murphy is in the musical theater. In the musical theater world? I would imagine that. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) I would imagine, at least in 2021, I imagine more percentage-wise people. Donna Murphy's still performing on Broadway. Well, but A-Rod's retired. A-Rod's in every J-Lo post. (laughs) They're the whole thing. Okay, A-Rod's got J-Lo. Donna Murphy's an independent woman. That's true. She does not hang on a coattail. She does it on her own. (laughs) But it's funny because then my my boss came around and, and, and Alicia was like, Rochelle, do you know who Donna Murphy is? And Rochelle was like, I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good for you. Um, did you see that Lady Gaga picture of her and Adam Driver on the side of that house of Gucci? Maybe? I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, I, I, everyone was just sharing it. And of course, like trying to one up each other on the jokes about it. And right. I was just like, what is this? I mean, I guess they're filming a movie together. Um, oh, I yes. thought it was like a Gucci was like creating a new line no, and like hired a, them to like be the reveal. No, of like the new no. Line. They shared the first look at the murder drama film House of Gucci directed by Ridley Scott. I want to see Lady Gaga in a murder drama well, film. Well, you will. That is what she was filming right. when that whole dog thing happened. All right. Now I'm excited okay. about <laughs> this picture. All right. Well, I just wanted to talk about that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, I mean... Demi Lovato has come out as like officially queer, mm-hmm. which I guess she was, but I think she's now saying at the end of that uh, engagement, she was like, this didn't feel right. It just did, was not right. And the second I hooked up with a girl after that, I was like, yeah, no, I don't think she goes, I think I'm too queer to be with a cis man. It's like, all right. Yeah. All right. She's like, yeah. All right. All right. So c- congratulations. Well, good choice. Like cis I mean, men honestly, are exhausting. As p- those of us who date them exclusively, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> You're doing the right thing. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Cardi B's Bodak Yellow went diamond this week, which is very cool. She's the only, I think she's the only rap female artist with a diamond single. Okay. Yeah. So we love that. That's cool. Congratulations, sir. Um, let's see what else is I'm telling you, there's not a lot. Stacey Dash is apologizing for aligning with Trump. And does not want to be seen. I as a, saw that. I didn't take too much of a look at it, but wish she's just, her the best. Exactly, she can be on her way. And then, and news that's only exciting to me: Chris Harrison is not going to be hosting The Bachelorette. Next I season. saw that. Iconic. It didn't say. He said like maybe not forever. But oh, like, I'm sure. I'm season. positive he'll be back. But then uh, the hosts are going to be Tasha, who just was had a great Bachelorette season, and uh, this girl Caitlin, who was the Bachelorette a few years ago, and. Um, I like them both. I'm excited to see them both. I feel like, I don't know why we need two people to do that job, because if you watch the show The Bachelor, Chris Harrison does next to nothing. He just comes out right near the end to tell the people, and once there's only one rose left, he's basically like, there's only one rose left. (laughs) 
and then walks back off stage. It's like, why do you need two people for this job? But I'm excited about it. I feel like having more female energy on the Bachelorette set would be great. And um, Tasha and Caitlin, I'm a, I'm a fan of both. I'm sure they went to Rachel first and she was just like, no. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you, thanks. But hey, Tasha and Caitlin are exciting. So Okay, good. Excited about that. Any, any news for idiots that you have that I, we didn't discuss? I don't think so. All right. I think we've covered the gamut. We've gone Like the Grammys. All. We've covered all the genres. <laughs> we, you know, we have to do we it. We even snuck in musical theater in ah, there with Donna Murphy. With, that's the least we can do. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more Two Gay Mats podcast. Okay, we're back. Yes, my we phone, are. My phone is buzzing. Oh, I got a hinge message. Oh. Anyway, um. <laughs> Wait, oh, speaking of hinge, I would like to make a correction. Uh, it was brought to my attention that it's true. We do not date cis men exclusively, but men exclusively. So I'd like to say We, that. we date men exclusively. Men exclusively, yes. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm at home where you might want to amend that. I was, I, it, is, it has been amended. It has been amended. It has been okay. amended. Um, so uh, this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to spell T-W-O. This question, it's fun because this person emailed us twice. Right. So it's the same person, but two separate emails. Ready. It's very exciting. It's a, um, a not a trilogy, but a, is there like sequel? a sequel? Sequel? Duology? Du- I don't know. Is that Duology? a thing? I don't know. That should be, that should have a name for Maybe that. Maybe Dua's next album. <laughs> Duology. Uh, Dua better give us some money if like she takes that idea. <laughs> um, but this is from Sarah. So Sarah's subject line is email my heart, crazy ex-girlfriend. Hey, babes, I love listening to y'all on my Monday mornings. The pod makes working from home so much better. Y'all have really made y'all. Sorry, you have y'all have really been making me feel sane and grounded during this quarantine. I apologize if this has been covered before. I've only been around for about a year, but I need to know if y'all have ever seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Rachel Bloom is wonderful and the show is a full masterpiece. So witty, campy, fun and shockingly deep. I especially think Matt Steele would appreciate it. It's on Netflix. P.S. I'm getting my vaccine on Saturday and I'm so excited for all of us to be half vaccinated. Yay! Yay, Congratulations! Vaccination. Um, so this is interesting because I am the musical theater Matt to mm-hmm, a T, mm-hmm. but Matt Palmer yes. was the one who watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I have seen every episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And he loves it's it. It's excellent. And everything I've seen, I'm just like, I love it too. You but should watch it. I, I, I have not seen you more than like a couple of minutes of each, like a couple of episodes. Right. And also what is great, like uh, Sarah mentioned, is it starts out being a little fluffy, like just a little lighter fare. Like it's a musical theater, a musical show in which they've writing two songs an episode. She like flies back to L.A. adjacent because mm-hmm. she's basically try- still in love with the guy she fell in love with at camp. But then it gets so much deeper and dives into like her mental health journey and it just evolved so much in the four years it was on the air, and I was so into it. There are so many songs that I go back to. I think my favorite of all the songs is The Math of Love Triangles. I think it is you love so that, like, fucking funny. It's so interesting because you like told... I watched that song with you, yes. and you were cracking. Like, it is... It, like, and it's it's such silly like I, humor, I which is not it. like your thing. It's not, but I. Just, but when you're just like, was, there was a line where you're like, "Ooh, math is cool," or whatever <laughs> that you just like died. It's the best. It's just like if you have not watched the show, start with Math of Love Triangles, and it will convince you because it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. So I am a huge, huge Rachel Bloom slash Crazy Ex Girlfriend fan. I was devastated when it was over, but four seasons is a good long time for like a quirky musical theater show that I don't think. Got huge ratings that I'm ever. sure was very expensive to yeah, produce. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I. I mean, I feel extra guilty for not um, yeah. watching the show in full because um, I. I'm not going to say I knew her in college, right. but I 
met Rachel Bloom a couple times. Yeah, now. Yeah. She directed a production of Lacuse's The Wild Party mm. that my boyfriend at the time was in. Yeah. So I, you know, have taught, had conversations with Rachel Bloom and saw her totally. on a couple occasions and everything. And when she found so much success with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I was like, oh, I semi sort of don't know her, but a little. Uh, but a little. <laughs> like, we're Facebook friends. Right. That counts. Um, that, that, hey, that counts. Um, and also, one of my best friends in the entire world had a two-episode character You arc. watched those episodes? I watched those okay, episodes with say. him. Uh, my friend Fernando uh, played uh, White Josh's boyfriend. boyfriend. Near in, the end. Near the end. Yes. Yes. So, so and I, I watched those episodes with him and everything. Um, so, I y'all need to shame me for... Absolutely. I, like, I should be canceled for not shame. seeing Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for those reasons. And because it's a musical. I know. That's the thing. And there are so few musical shows that are like really great. You should give that one a And go. I am the musical gay Matt. So. That's not anymore. The next one I don't think is a question, but it is a comment. And it's about Degrassi. So I'm insisting that we read it. Okay. Well, I'll sit back. So Sarah, Sarah has a new email saying a Degrassi comment. Hi, this is 100% for Matt Steele. When y'all <laughs> talked about Degrassi in the latest episode, I needed to share my experience. I was also obsessed with Degrassi, as was my boyfriend. He was in love with Emma and wrote her love letters as a child. What a freak. And <laughs> and I met Lauren Collins at a Taylor Swift concert in Toronto in 2015. We were both running late and my boyfriend and I were behind her in line. The group in front of her group had fake tickets and caused this huge stop in line. And she turned to me and started bitching about them. A total page move. And it <laughs> oh was <God>. iconic. <laughs> so, Sarah, I told you I saw Lauren Collins at a restaurant in Los Angeles. So okay. we've both had a run-in with Lauren Collins, which means that me and Sarah are kind of friends. I, hey, I love that. You're better I, friends with her than you are with Rachel <laughs> I, I'm glad there are other Degrassi fans out there consuming their Degrassi content. It's an iconic show and perfect and deserves all the love. So th- thank you, Sarah. All right. So Matt Steele. <laughs> yes. I have a question for you. Yes. What? Has been giving you moments, darling. Hold on. Let me uh, pull it all up. Okay. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so list. sorry, Jesus, but of course, like, it's another movie, so I I want to get, like, the names right. Okay. Like, the director and everything. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, like, this weekend, I was very sad. Uh, so, next on the list, of course, was a very sad movie. Oh, what movie? <laughs> um, it was a movie? It's a movie called The Father. Okay. And I know it's, it's based on a play that had a run on Broadway, I believe. Frank Langella, I remember he won the Tony Award for it. Mm. Uh, so, this movie is starring Anthony Hopkins and uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, both Academy Award winners. And it is uh, directed by the playwright, whose name is Florian Zeller. Mm. I believe he's French. Um, and uh, it is a basically about a man, an older man living in at first it starts out as his apartment and then it slowly transforms into his daughter's apartment. And then mm. I mean, spo- spoiler alert, like it transforms into a lot of different places. Yeah. It's about um, an older man going through dementia and it's absolutely devastating. So it was. Very cathartic wow. and just what I needed, you know. So, um, and I just wanted the performances are excellent. Anthony Hopkins is obviously amazing and everything. Olivia Coleman's obviously amazing and everything. And there's another actress named Olivia Williams who I always love in everything she does. Mm. And I feel like she never gets enough credit. So I want to say shout out to Olivia Williams. All right. Um, and uh, I was really impressed by how everything this you know the man's dementia story was basically told through his eyes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you are just as confused as he is, but you're like, and you're trying to put the pieces together, but it's so confusing that it's, it's never really resolved. Mm. And you're kind of left with like, oh, what was really the truth and everything. Um, and just the way, but it's, it's never like, oh, this feels like bullshit and like Mm. anything could be happening. Like you're really like on the ride with him. Um, a real shout out to like the production designer because the way they did it was they first start in his apartment and then it goes into where he's now living with his daughter instead of living on his own Mm. and her apartment. Like you don't realize that you're now in her apartment until like a while later because her apartment, like it morphs from his apartment to her apartment. Like they have similar features and just like tiny things change as the movie goes on. And then they, there's one point where they go into a doctor's office and the doctor's office like looks exactly like his apartment. So he's like mushing all of these locations together. And so it's, it's really, really well done. Really wonderful, really emotional. And I recommend it to everyone. It'll definitely get Oscar nominations tomorrow. So where, sorry, where can you see it? Oh God, I forgot. I got a screener for the the SAG awards. I want to say it is on, I want to say it will be available, or maybe is available on HBO. Okay, um, HBO Max. Oh, I have that. We have that. Yeah, so we have that. See, I mean, you also have a screen, just a screener, <laughs> but like technically, I'm not allowed to. Give I wonder you why that Minari one didn't work on our DVD player. It worked in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's so weird. It's very upsetting. Yeah, I I don't have it up right now. Okay. I can't find it, That's but fine. I believe it is HBO Max. But don't quote me on it. All right. Yeah. Well, um, I. Would like to talk about. I didn't consume anything new this week, unfortunately, so I don't have something new to talk to you about. But I would like to, of course, talk about an album that I believe deserves more justice, even from me. Because, okay, if you're a Janet Jackson fan out there, you know that the four perfect albums she released back to back were Control, Rhythm Nation, Janet, and uh, The Velvet Rope. Mm -hmm. They're truly perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. Listen to them all and better yourself. Honestly, you'll make yourself a better person. But I would like to give justice to the album that was released in, I believe, 2001. It was her follow up to The Velvet Rope and it is entitled All For You. All For You is, I forgot how, it's it just is such a nostalgic moment for me. It's such a an album that puts me right back to where I was in like end of junior high, early high school. And it just... The single off for you was so huge, and I think we all forget how big that song was. And I believe it led her to be have to have her biggest first week sales of her entire career. I'm pretty sure she sold like over six hundred thousand copies of that album its first week. Damn. It's like I feel like we so often forget because of Les Moonves uh, that. Julie Chen's fucking husband, who had a targeted attack on her after that whole Justin Timberlake boob thing, which we won't go into because I'm always on my soapbox about it. But she was a giant mega star. All for you was played every five minutes on MTV. That was also when she had the MTV icon performances, where artists like Pink and Usher and Destiny's Child like paid tribute to her on an entire show. It was just there was no, it wasn't like oh we're going to do a tribute on an award show. It's like no, everyone's doing their different performances of Janet Jackson songs, mm-hmm. and then she's going to come down and like this little half moon and sing all for you in all white and look amazing and it's like what a perfect song and there's so many songs on that album that are perfect including the second single someone to call my lover which is one of my favorite janet Jackson songs i still think it is a perfect song it is so joyous it is so joyful there's a song called come on get up that i think should have been a single instead of uh, son of a gun which is a good song but not my favorite son of a gun i would never strike that as a janet jackson title oh my gosh well it features carly simon and it samples your Sylvain. oh i love that. i know it's mostly spoken i don't know why it was released <laughs> but it's crazy okay. and there's 
there's also a, a Puff Daddy remix. Anyways, uh, Come On Get Up should have been a single. China Love is amazing. Uh, Would You Mind is unbelievable, and I can't believe I was listening to it at the time because I'm sure I played it for oh, you. you I, I, <laughs> I want to say the first week of living with Matt Palmer, he played me Would You Mind. And Would I was You just Mind. Like, oh. It is just truly like the most pearl-clutching song you've ever heard, especially for a child, and I was. But I, I loved every second of it. Trust to Try, which is basically... Like if in 20, 2001 and it has a bunch of strings, it has a bunch of fast singing. It's kind of her rock edge moment. Brilliant. There's a beautiful ballad on the album called Truth because she at this point, the Velvet Rope, she was going through a divorce from her secret husband, Renee Elizondo, I believe his last name was. But this this era, we all knew about that marriage. Now we knew about the divorce. She was kind of getting to the other side of it. Son of a Gun kind of makes it sound like, oh, he was cheating on her in her beach house, which comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a song called Truth, which is definitely like a more somber and more muted take on what happened. And it's one of the most beautiful ballads that she's ever done. I just, I, I feel like just because there are spots on this album that don't hit as hard, I kind of forget how high the highs are of it. And like, what a joyful album. It's beautifully sung, beautifully performed. It's not perfect like the other four, but it just has so much. And the era could have been so much longer than it was. Like, we needed mm. more than three singles. She could have gone so deep with it. And, but so deep. So, because she could have gone deep. Hey, <laughs> we go deep. We don't get no sleep. Uh, it's, it's just. An excellent, excellent album that I urge us all to revisit because, of course, we remember The Velvet Rope. Of course, we remember Rhythm Nation. But All For You is another masterstroke, especially at that time. She's at that point from the 80s and in 2001 having such a huge, giant impact. It's insane. She's 20 years into her career. I just I love All For You and I recommend it to anyone who has ears and wants to smile and dance and Mm -hmm. enjoy these last couple of months of quarantine listening to someone we all should think about more often. All I mean, right. Again, justice for Janet. Justice for Janet, <laughs> honestly. Um, so is there anything else you want to tell the people before we sign off for today? No, I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Yes, you thank know, you it's, so it's much. been a rough weekend, so... Yeah. You know, yes, I, thoughts and prayers for Matt Steele. Thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers for my friend Dan's family. Yeah. I love them very much. I mean, he was, I had, he was, the, I had all of my music classes. We had all of our music classes together. And wow. my senior year, like, I was taking like four music classes a day. Oh you know, so yeah, I saw, would see him all day, every day from middle school until like the senior year of high school mm. and everything. And, and he was my, uh, he was my JB Bigley in oh, How to Succeed wow. my senior year, mm. which is the role that Matt Palmer played he his did. senior year he in did. How to Succeed. Yeah. So, and I, I just will never forget him just singing all the time, sitting in, I remember the first time he came over to my house, he sat at my kitchen table and he asked my mom, he was like, he, well, he told my mom, he was just like, I'm a good singer. And my mom was like, okay, well, can you sing something? And he proceeded to sing every verse of Amazing Grace. <laughs> For 10 minutes. I love Dan. At my kitchen table. A king. Even like an, a breakdown where he's clapping and everything. Let me tell you about Amazing Grace. Amazing. Singing his heart out and everything. And my mm. mom was like, wow, you really love that song. And he said, the Lord says to celebrate him with a thousand trumpets. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, I love and him. And that, my mom was like, okay, you can come over whenever you want. Amazing. Yeah. So so I'm going to miss him so much. I'm I'm devastated that I, I didn't get to see him in the past 10 years. Mm. Uh, but, you know. He's he's always a part of me, and so I will always appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Dedicated to Dan and his family, thoughts and prayers to anyone who knew him and loved him like Matt Steele did. And uh, yeah, thank you guys all for listening, and we'll be back next week with more Two Game Matt's podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.